Hello, my name is Mallory Jenna Robinson. Join me on A Hateful Homicide, a true crime podcast dedicated to telling the stories regarding the murders of transgender, gender non-binary, and gender diverse community members in the United States and abroad. This is A Hateful Homicide. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah. transgender woman has been shot and killed in North Baltimore, Alpha. In the U.S., trans women of color have a life expectancy of just 35 years. This happens on a daily. Another one of my friends got killed right up the street from here. These cases are true. The victims are real and their voices matter. This is A Hateful Homicide. The murders of Jasmine Kennedy and JJ Bright. The Mummy Dearest Murders. Monday, February 22nd, 2021. Ambridge, Pennsylvania. Warning, the following episode you're about to listen to might contain audio evidence of misgendering. Listening discretion is advised. On new emergency dispatch calls detail the moments after police say a mother shot and killed her own children, two children. Today we are speaking with neighbors about this tragedy and we are all trying to answer the same question. Why? Why would, as police say, a mother do this to her children? Channel 11, Serafina James is live in Ambridge tonight. And Serafina, we understand a vigil for the victims will be held about an hour from now? David, that's right. In about an hour, the Ambridge community will gather right here at PJ Call Park to remember the lives of those two victims, Jeffrey and Jasmine. They were shot and killed inside of their Ambridge home. Tonight, we're learning more about what happened. And for the first time, we're hearing that 911 call that led to the gruesome discovery. It's on 908 Maple Avenue, in Ambridge, carpooling. That was the call that led to this home along Maplewood Avenue that eventually led to the arrest of Priscilla Wright. Police are Wright was arrested and charged with double homicide after police say she shot and killed her children Monday afternoon. The coroner identified the victim as 22-year-old Jasmine Kennedy and the other who identified as a boy, 16-year-old Jeffrey Bright. According to the criminal complaint, Bright told Beaver County Dispatch she committed the murders and she left the gun unloaded on the dining room table. As investigators swarmed the home, she was already standing outside on the front porch with dried blood on her body. When police questioned her about what happened, she told them she shot one of her children while they were lying in bed. She then went down the steps, pointed the gun at her other child, and the gun didn't fire. The child pled with her not to shoot. That's when she fixed the gun and shot her child in the face. When she realized her child had not passed away, she reloaded the gun and shot again. It was tough to wrap my head around that something like that had happened so close to home and, and, and the people that, you know, that I, that I cared about. Rick Matina with NAMI Beaver County, a mental health nonprofit, has worked directly with both victims through 
Prism, a local youth organization that supports those in the LGBTQ plus community. They were happy when, when uh, you know, when, when they were with their friends, and uh, you know, I definitely saw that whenever I was part of the, the different groups um, that I sat in and observed with. Um, but you know, obviously, you know, they, they um, you know, they had some things that they had to deal with being a part of the LGBTQ community and, and you know, not being understood all the time. Now, a teddy bear and flowers sit outside of the Maplewood home, where neighbors say the family appeared to be happy, and Bright appeared to be a sweet mother. For him, the latest news is still surreal. I wish I could reach out and, and find Chris. I would love to give Chris a big hug because she needs it right now. Chrislinda Bright sits behind bars at the Beaver County Prison. She's set to face a judge next week. For my report at 6 o'clock, I'm working to learn more about Jasmine and Jeffrey. We'll also be here live to bring you that candlelight vigil. For now, we're live in Ambridge. Serving the James Channel 11 News. It's Monday, February 22nd, 2021, in the city of Ambridge, Pennsylvania. It will be the home where a sibling's 22-year-old non-binary feminine expressive individual, Jasmine Kennedy, and their 16-year-old transgender male brother, Jeffrey James Bright, would reside with their mother, 48-year-old cisgendered female, Chrisinda Ann Bright. Welcome my audience to season four, episode seven, The Mommy Dearest Murders. This case garnered my attention for several reasons. One, when you think of parents loving their children, you think of them spending time together, making memories, protecting their children. How does one, a mother, decide on a Monday afternoon at 1.30 p.m to commit the hateful homicides of her two children who both identify in the trans and non-binary community. Was this a hate crime targeting her children because of simply how they identified? Or was this a mother who simply snapped, who couldn't deal with the pressures of life and the pandemic and murdered her two children? My audience, this case as we go through it, we're gonna hear about the lives of Jasmine, who uses the pronouns she and they, and JJ, Jeffrey James, who used the pronouns he, him, his. It's important that these victims' voices get told. Another case in the year of 2021 took a more immediate attention. The doomsday mommy day murders of um, the children. It was a cis white woman you know, and it was a religious field murder. But what you could understand is that because of the way that this family was identified, that they got a lot of national attention. Unfortunately, this case here received a lot of local attention um, and even from the Human Rights Campaign and the Advocate. But that was as far as it went. So to honor JJ and Jasmine, we're going to go ahead and get into their story. Throughout this case, we're going to um, hear from um, the victim's family and friends, even the perpetrators. We're also going to hear from um, individuals who attended the candlelight vigil for JJ, and then also go through Chrisinda Ann Bright's whole process, right? Her from being arrested to being charged and ultimately convicted and sentenced. But let's go back to that Monday, February 22nd of 2021. The city of Ambridge, Pennsylvania, is quite a beautiful little net community. 
and it is nestled right over near Pittsburgh. Ambridge, also part of the Beaver County community, would be the home for the Bright and Kennedy family. But before we begin, let's take a moment and learn a little bit more about the homeland of where JJ and Jasmine resided. During the 1900s, Ambridge developed into an industrial power within a matter of a few years. The thousands who arrived here for work found that when they needed anything, Merchant Street was the place to go. In 1902, the Berlin Iron Bridge Company purchased land from the Harmony Society of Economy. When the company was consolidated into the new American Bridge Company in 1903, that land was chosen for the site of their new structural steel mill. Within a few months, the new mill was being constructed. American Bridge began recruiting workers from other cities, placing ads in major newspapers proclaiming the site of their new Marvel City. Thousands responded and the company began building houses for employees near the mill. By 1906, Ambers was home to over 3,500 people, mostly immigrants with limited finances. To facilitate the growth of the town, American Bridge paved the main path through the new town site. Soon, merchants began to set up on both sides of the street, calling it the Merchant Street. The name stuck, and soon Merchant Street was officially on the map. By the 1920s, traffic, both automobile and pedestrian, crowded Merchant Street at all hours of the day. Theaters, restaurants, taverns, several hotels, and many specialty shops lined the street from 4th Street to 11th Street. In 1927, a new bridge connected downtown Ambridge to Cross River neighbor Aliquippa, allowing for even more people to access Merchant Street. While it's not as busy as it once was, several new businesses have opened along Merchant Street in the last two years. Ambridge continues to reinvent itself, and all roads lead to Merchant Street. Merchant Street is significant. It's where Christenda Ann Bright, the 48-year-old cisgendered mother of 22-year-old non-binary feminine expressive Jasmine Kennedy and their sibling 16-year-old trans male J.J. Bright would reside is also where Chris and the bride would reside and work too. However, when the family was first over in Merchant Street, um, especially after Christinda had JJ in 2005, um, around 2010, the family officially moved over to the 900 block of Maplewood Avenue. This is where the 911 call will come, will be placed at. It was around 1.30 p.m. on that Monday, February 22nd of 2021. A mother calls the Beaver County Police Department stating that she has killed two of her children. They both reside in the home. One is upstairs in their bed, deceased, and the other is downstairs in the living room, faced up on the floor deceased. The 911 caller was shocked to hear this, this dispatcher was shocked to hear that this mother was ultimately stating that not only did she discover her two children brutally shot, but then what she would say next, even still to this day, even in court testimony, that 911 dispatcher was haunted. She stated that she was the perpetrator of those for the hateful homicide of her two children. The 911 dispatcher was shocked and immediately notified the Beaver County ambulatory team as well as police department. Within minutes, they get to the home. Crescenda Ann Bright is sitting outside on her front porch on 920 Maplewood Drive. 
waiting for the Beaver County Sheriff's Department to get there. She's also has her nine millimeter gun that she used on her two children and states that it has been left unloaded and next to her son's body. After the 911 call ended and the ambulatory team and law enforcement agency got there and discovered ultimately that by 1.45 p.m. on that Monday, February 22nd of 2021, Jasmine Kennedy and JJ Bright were deceased. Ultimately, the coroner was called out and they were bodies, the children's bodies, her children's bodies were taken to the coroner office. County Coroner David Gauber identified the victims officially and then also stated that the victims had died due to gunshot wounds to the face and chest. Kristen Ann Bright was then taken into the Beaver County Sheriff's Department where agent, sheriff's agent, excuse me, uh, Christopher Fitzpatrick came into the scene. He wanted to understand Sheriff Fitzpatrick wanted to understand how could this mother, who is a native of Ambridge, Pennsylvania, who he knows from working on Merchant Street, who also knew Crescinda's children, how could this have happened? Crescinda states that she loved her children, Jasmine and Jeffrey James, also known as JJ. She stated that when she had her children, who um, had two different fathers, that she was a single mother and she did the best that she could for her children. However, with the global pandemic and other life factors from Ambridge, Pennsylvania, not being the bustling boom town like you once heard in the audio earlier, this left her in a state of crisis. Jasmine, Crescinda's first child, again identifying as 22 and non-binary feminine expressive, expense expressive use pronouns she and they jasmine you know was 22 at the time of the hateful homicide of her hateful homicide and so detective and a sheriff's agent christopher fitzpatrick wanted to understand why is it that herself Priscilla and bright the mother and her two children um, who were of age to be working uh, we're not able to secure some kind of employment. If this is the narrative that she's giving them for the motivation for killing her, her two children. Well, Christinda states that Jasmine was unable to work and that JJ was focused on school. He was a sophomore um, over at the Ambridge Area School District. And so she wanted her children to focus on their own lives. And unfortunately, because of that, financial pressures began to come into play. Um, she was not able to work due to the global pandemic, um, limiting um, jobs and social distancing. So all of this ultimately led to Crescinda snapping at 1.30 p.m. on Monday, February 22nd of 2021 and committing the hateful homicides of her two children. She takes Detective Fitzpatrick through that day she states that on that Monday morning, um, the children were uh, out of school, her children, especially JJ. It was President's Day weekend. 
And so that Monday they had off and they all were at home enjoying a nice day. This is Crescinda's account. She states that around 1 p.m., Jasmine, um, who sometimes dealt with a little bit of, um, who needed to take a, a nap throughout the day, went upstairs on 920 Maplewood Drive. She goes upstairs to go lay down and take that nap. JJ is downstairs, FaceTiming with some friends, checking in with loved ones, and looking forward to the next school day. He had homework and a project on uh, Martin Luther King Jr. that he was getting ready to submit that next day that was due, and um, he was talking with his friends as they recounted. And so he was in good spirits. They could see that his mother was kind of pacing back and forth, but was unsure as to exactly what caused um, her distress. When JJ's friend, especially Mariah um, St. James, asked JJ, you know, was his mom okay? He stated, yeah, it's just, um, she's been under a lot of pressure lately, but um, she'll be okay. Not realizing that that was gonna be the last time that she would speak to her best friend, JJ. Moments later, Christinda takes her nine millimeter gun that she had purchased from the pawn shop just two months before the hateful homicides of Jasmine and JJ. It was right before Christmas of 2020. Kristen Ann Bright is seen going into the pun shop, purchasing and signing up for a license to carry this 9mm gun. In her application to apply, she stated that she had been harassed by an ex-partner and was in need of a gun in fear of her safety. Detective Fitzpatrick wasn't sure if that was the real motivation for why Kristen approaches the gun. Was this to keep her and her children safe or was it a premeditated motive and she was just waiting for that moment to commit these hateful homicides? Kristen continues her account and states that she went upstairs first while JJ was wrapping up his FaceTime video. Once she heard that JJ was off that FaceTime video, she walks in her child's room, 22-year-old Jasmine Kennedy first. Again, non-binary, feminine, expressive, incredible individual. And went up to Jasmine as they slept and shot Jasmine in the face. Jasmine, who was not dead, immediately yelled out. And then Christinda shot again. She then heads downstairs to the living room where her son, Jeffrey James Bright, is confused, scared, questioning what is going on. This mother, this mommy dearest, all of a sudden, who went from, as you could hear in the initial audio, a loving, caring mother, to now committing these heinous crimes where there's gonna be a complete bloodshed throughout this entire home. She shoots at JJ and misses the first time. He pleads, mom, don't do this. I won't report you to the authorities. This is what she tells Detective Fitzpatrick. The last words that her son states before she then has that gun loaded and ready, shoots him in the face, and then shoots him again in the chest. She then places that 911 call at 1.30 p.m. on that Monday, February 22nd of 2021, confessing as well as letting them know to come and collect her children's bodies. Then, as the coroner and everyone officially declared Jasmine and JJ dead at 1.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Ambridge, Pennsylvania, the families, the loved ones, the community members who were at work, some of them, 
realized that their street block was blocked. They didn't come home and realize that this disturbing news that Kristen Dan Bright, a neighbor of theirs for 10 years at this point, had committed the heinous crimes. They saw her raise her children. They saw the love that she had for her children. And one of her good friends, Paul Nooney, states that he wants to check in and support Crescenda and discusses the importance of mental health. Detective Fitzpatrick, again, now placed as Crescenda and Bright, he arrests her and places her into the Beaver County Jail. She's placed there and charged with first-degree murder. As Detective Fitzpatrick felt like that initial purchase of that gun just two months before the hateful homicide correlated with the motive of premeditation. And though her neighbors would describe her as loving and supportive and affirming, that's not quite how her children and their friends recall the relationship between Crescenda and Pride and her two children. Several of Jasmine and JJ's friends, as well as even loved ones of them, family members stated that the relationship between the mother and the children was that of almost like a Joan Crawford movie, the movie called Mommy Dearest, where Joan Crawford played as this mom who had these two children and ultimately just could not handle motherhood and would have this form of abuse. And JJ specifically would discuss with his friends how, you know, he had saw the movie Mommy Dearest once and said, hey, my mom is almost similar to this woman. She can be really sweet at times, but in any moment, she could get angry and vindictive and cruel in her punishment of her children. Jasmine once described to one of her friends that Crescinda got so upset with both them and JJ that she had her children kneel down in a bed of rice for at least five minutes. So these recounts of trauma and drama between the mother and children was not unnoticed, especially as the detectives and the team was bringing in members of the community to hear exactly the experiences between mother and children, children and mother. Mariah St. James, the best friend of James, Jeffrey James Bright, talked about the fact that she saw Crescenda and Bright pacing back and forth and was concerned even in that moment for JJ. She asked before she got off the phone with JJ, are you sure? Do you feel safe? Again, JJ stated, yeah, it's just mom being mom. Mariah cried as she spoke with Detective Fitzpatrick. At this point, Crescenda and Bright has now been placed in the Beaver County jail and they're still following up with other interviews. The grandparents of J.J. Bright and Jasmine Kennedy arrive at the Beaver County Jail where they're interviewed. As well, they also want to speak to their daughter, Crescinda Bright, and understand what happened. Not only does Crescinda's parents want to understand what happened, how did their grandchildren get murdered and why, but the fathers of Jasmine and JJ had questions as well. These family members are left shocked. JJ, who was a sophomore, was looking forward to again submitting his high school's Black History Project 
was on the crest, he was considered to be a bright student. Both he and his sister Jasmine were part of an LGBTQ organization called PRISM, where they met Mark Goosby. And Mark Goosby talks about the fact that the children, these young youth and young adults, had struggled to really get a full acceptance from their mom, but also figuring out how to navigate life as being non-binary and a trans young man in Ambridge, Pennsylvania. Though they grew up there, they were loved and affirmed. It was still hard to gain employment, to gain acceptance from some people. And Jasmine and JJ struggled with that and they bonded even closer. Though six years apart in age, the two were closer and thicker as thieves than ever. Jasmine, again, they, she pronouns, was born in 1999. And Jeffrey James, he, him, they, was born in 2005. The siblings were close and were completely bonded. Not only identifying as children of the biracial experience in a town that was predominantly white, they bonded over that. They also bonded over the fact that their fathers weren't the most pivotal men in their lives, but also that they were part of the LGBTQIA and specifically the trans and non-binary community. By the age of 15, Jasmine knew that they did not identify as male or female, but liked to express a little bit more feminine. By the age of 11, Jeffrey James knew that he was not assigned female at birth, but was a trans man and began to identify proudly. And of course, wanted to identify proudly as biracial, multiracial, young QT pop children in Ambridge, Pennsylvania. They proudly came out to their mother, Crescinda Ann Bright, their grandparents, their respective dads, and loved ones. And again, for the most part, they were met with love and acceptance. They were in their truths when the hateful homicides were committed. They were in their truths within their own home with their mother. So again, there was some level of acceptance that even Detective Fitzpatrick had to acknowledge. He did believe that Crescinda loved her children. And maybe that there was a dual factor, right? There was a level of COVID-19, the fact that she wasn't working, bills were mounting, she couldn't provide as much as she used to. She's a single mother, right? Anyone can empathize with that scenario. But then where you begin to lose everyone is the ability to go upstairs and make sure not only did your children suffer by being shot in the face, so you wouldn't even be able to visualize them, and make them unrecognizable. But then you shot them again in order to put them out of their misery. Was that a motive for hate? Well, several days later, after the hateful homicides, Crescinda Ann Bright is pleased not guilty initially due to mental distress. She states that her life has been heavy, it's hard. Her parents, Bob and Judy Bright, are in the courthouse. The fathers of Jasmine and JJ are in the courthouse, angry, confused, wanting to support, but at the same time still having that lingering question of why. Christina and Bright didn't seem to have the answer to that. She just stated that she snapped. Um, and again, there was still this level of if she should be charged with a hate crime. In the state of Pennsylvania, they have become much more progressive, but there's still a lot of work to be done. So when we think of a hate crime statue, even in place on a mother for committing murders of their non-binary and trans male children, 
could and would she be eligible for a hate crime statue and that she would be because the fact that Christinda Ann Bright pled not guilty prosecutors decided to seek the death penalty so as this has gone on she's now in the courthouse pleading not guilty she's been remanded back to the Beaver County Jail loved ones around February 24th of 2021 gather outside to remember Jasmine and JJ don't remember them for what happened to them remember them for who they are and keep their light alive like they they deserve that friends family and people of the Beaver County community are still shaken and asking why why according to police would a mother shoot and kill her children Crescinda Bright is accused of the shooting death of 16-year-old Jeffrey Bright and 22-year-old Jasmine Kennedy. Thank you for joining us at 6. I'm Stacey Smith. And I'm Kim Gable. Tonight, we're learning new details about these tragic murders. It was yesterday afternoon when police were first called to Bright's home on Maplewood Avenue. According to court documents, that's where officers found Bright covered in blood. Police say she told them it was from the victims. They say Bright shot one of her children in their bed, then went downstairs to shoot the other. Police say the gun didn't go off, and one of the children asked Bright, please don't shoot. Bright is now charged with homicide. Friends and family are coming together tonight to remember these lives lost too soon. A vigil is just getting underway for Jeffrey and Jasmine. Royce Jones is there at the vigil and shows us how the community is paying tribute. Royce. Kim, good evening. Well, there is an outpour of community support as people pour into the PJ Call Community Park here in Ambridge. Behind me, you can see this group of about 30, maybe 40 people here consisting of loved ones, friends, and family members of those two victims. We know that uh, DA David Lozier is here tonight alongside members of the Ambridge School Board. But while this incident was tragic, Tonight, people who loved both of those victims say they will not be remembered for it. I don't want them to think of the tragedy. I want them to think of these two beautiful souls who touched a lot of lives while they were here. Jackie Palmer and Heather Reed run PRISM, a support group for LGBTQ plus youth in Beaver County, a second home for 16-year-old Jeffrey Bright, also known as JJ. JJ is very loud, very happy. Sister, 22-year-old Jasmine Bright, would often tag along for meetings. She was very quiet, but very sweet. Two different people sharing one same brightness. They both were very talented, very artistic, and just good kids. Really good kids. Yeah, they were both very sweet. The Ambridge home where the siblings were killed, now a memorial site. Friends tell me it was totally unexpected, but admit, in hindsight, something definitely seemed off with their mother and alleged killer. We didn't even recognize that she unfriended us on Facebook. Like, that's what makes me think there was something going on. We're... And while the community heals from this tragedy, some are defending her character and calling for forgiveness. She doesn't know how special she really is, you know. Um, I wish she would have reached out to me or someone. My heart's broken. As a mom to a mom, my heart is absolutely broken. Tonight, here at the Celebration of Life, there is expected to be a balloon release, candles and flowers passed around. We also know that PRISM is providing emotional support for members of its organization. Reporting live in Ambridge, Royce Jones, KDKA News. And as you can hear my audience, that happened over 
at the PJ Clark Park. We're just on the steps of that gazebo. Members of the PRISM LGBTQIA group, the FedEx company where Jasmine once worked, as well as um, police chief John DeLuca all congregated and huddled to remember the lives of Jasmine Kennedy and J.J. Bright. As we continue to go through this case, it's important to understand the psychopathy of someone such as Christinda Ann Bright. You can hear that the community is torn. On one hand, they are outraged that this mother could do something to her two children who identified as trans and non-binary, who did not get a chance to live their full lives. JJ, despite everything he went through from identifying as a trans man, always you could hear from loved ones. He was always happy and jovial. Jasmine as well, despite any health issues and things that she dealt with would support her brother go and even in her own truth identify as non-binary. These siblings who stood in solidarity, who were close and bonded by blood, but also by the bond of identifying as trans and non-binary in a space that was not the most affirming. To then have to now rationalize the fact that their mother committed a hateful homicide and now is pleading not guilty simply due to mental distress. It had this community torn. Some people did think that Christinda and Bright simply snapped and just lost it. And in some cases from one parent to another, again, you can understand that if you are a single mom and you're struggling, you know, sometimes they all just need a break. I grew up with a single mother, so can I empathize on that piece? But the intentionality, right, as you could hear in that audio evidence, some of the friends of Christinda and Bright didn't even realize that she had started to unfriend them on social media. And again, you could hear where that question was posed, like, was there more at play? So while we want to be empathetic, and even some sympathetic to the fact that this single mom simply snapped, we also have to acknowledge the fact that there was some level of premeditation. The purchasing of the gun two months before, the intentionality of waiting until Mariah St. James was off of that FaceTime call with JJ. Also, she had moments within the times before she shot her children where the gun had cocked and it would not discharge. In that moment, she could have stopped. Also, when she then, after killing Jasmine, head downstairs and the gun did not go off to kill JJ initially, JJ even pleaded, Mom, don't do this. I won't tell. And still shot him and made sure he was dead. So again, while we want to have this level of rationale behind, and she's not the first mother, right, to commit these type of, you know, murders. Lori Vallow, um, the one who also committed the, the, the murders of her two children. This case was very garnered. So again, we have these historical cases where these mothers will commit these unspeakable crimes against their children. And while we can never fully understand why I think it's also important to understand more about the victims. Let's first take a little step into the life of Jasmine Kennedy. Jasmine, again, was born in 1999 in Ambridge, Pennsylvania. Their dad, Maurice Kennedy, talked about how Jasmine, his firstborn, was 
just the light of his life. Jasmine came out kicking and screaming and he recalls when he and Crescendo were married at the time that they had so much hopes and dreams for Jasmine. The name symbolized a meaning of start and growth and that was what they were hoping for in their marriage. Only having Jasmine out of that marriage, the two would ultimately divorce in 2002 when Jasmine was three. By 2003, Crescenda was back on a dating scene and she had met a man by the name of Peter Christopherson. Peter Christopherson was the father of Jeffrey James Bright. And when the two welcomed JJ as he would later be known in 2005, just after Valentine's Day, they too expressed hopes and dreams, not only for JJ, but also for Jasmine. Peter recalls, you know, not only becoming this father figure to Jasmine, but also stepping up as a dad for JJ. He admitted that he wasn't quite ready for fatherhood when it first came along, and that did cause problems in his relationship with Crescenda. And the two ultimately ended back in 2009, just 12 years before the hateful homicide. By 2010, Crescenda is single, and also by that time, um, she is now moving away from Merchant Street over to the 920 Maplewood Drive home. Her parents, Bob and Judy, would be um, also in Ambridge and not too far, as well as some siblings of Crescenda, aunts and uncles to JJ and Jasmine, and then also just extended loved ones from their fathers. So they had this local hub of people who were loving and affirming. Jasmine initially began their gender journey around 2014 at the age of 15. They were in high school when they started to realize that they didn't quite identify as male and or female, but they were more so non-binary. The term non-binary, gender non-binary more officially, was starting to become coined at that time, also cited as non-conforming. So Jasmine, who still liked to express femininely, began to utilize the pronouns they and she. By 2017, when Jasmine graduated high school and began to work at the FedEx shipping company. But unfortunately, Jasmine fell ill and had some health matters and um, was not able to work as much at the FedEx shipping agency. And in 2021, just a you know month after the new year, as well as just eight days after Valentine's Day, their incredible co-worker, their incredible friend, loved ones and friends at the FedEx company who was also at the PJ Clark gazebo vigil recalled Jasmine's laughter. They talked about how Jasmine was full of energy, that they were, um, you know, poly and dating and just, just enjoying their young life. They had just turned 22 and was just looking forward to, you know, what was next. They were hoping to figure out how to continue to, to battle their chronic illness. But other than that, they were in good spirits. Friends of Jeffrey James Bright, JJ, too, described him as the life of the party. Anytime JJ stepped in, you knew it was going to be a good time. He began his gender journey at the age of 11 in 2016, just two years after his older sibling Jasmine came out as non-binary. 
when it came to Jeffrey James, JJ, he felt that he was much more on the masculine spectrum. He felt more binary in his identity. And so the term trans man, trans young man, uh, was properly fitted for him. He used the pronouns he, him, and sometimes they, them as well, and was very accepted in his Ambridge area high school. Then by 2019, the two siblings would begin to go to the PRISM LGBTQIA organization, which was also located off of that Merchant Street. They would get connected with individuals over there and they would unpack a little bit of their journey, specifically with their parents. Um, when it came to their relationship with their fathers, according to especially members of the PRISM um, LGBTQ organization, they could recall that the siblings always wished that they were closer with their dads, admitting that once that their dads had ultimately left their mom, um, that there was quite a source of tension. Crescinda sometimes would not allow um, Maurice or Peter to be in their children's lives and so that would cause a sort of distance and then their own relationship with Crescinda was tumultuous and tentative at best they said they loved their mother and that she did seem to support them in their journey she was aware of their attendance at the PRISM LGBTQIA organization and seemed to affirm their gender identities and expressions but then when she would get angry this rage-filled lashing out, this moments of verbal abuse, she would say very transphobic and non-binary phobic remarks that would leave her children questioning a mother's love. By 2020, when the global pandemic hit, Crescinda had become so vicious in the way that she would respond to her children when she got frustrated. She would call them, you know, lazy. They didn't want to clean up, right? You have a teenager and you have a young adult. So of course they may not be the tidiest, but it also became this sort of kind of mommy dearest mentality where any little thing would set Crescinda off. And as a result, she would punish her children quite brutally, even to the point where they would confide in others. They even confided in their grandmother, Judy Bright, and she, you know, described the fact that, you know, um, that Crescinda had to went through levels in her childhood of discipline and punishment. And so she just figured that it was a sight of tough love, even though Jasmine at this point is in her early 20s and JJ is in his late teens coming into early adulthood these punishments or disciplinary actions were still placed upon Jasmine and JJ. And so by the end of 2020, that December, nine months after the pandemic hit, and Crescinda wasn't able to work as much, and Jasmine, and there was health factors and bills piling up, she still found a way to go purchase that nine millimeter gun. She still kept it a secret and then brandished it until that Monday, February 22nd of 2021. As a result of all of this, all of this evidence, the 911 call, of course, you had a divided community. The death penalty was ultimately sought against Crescinda Bright. The Beaver County District Attorney's Office will seek the death penalty against an Ambridge mother accused of shooting and killing her own two children. Crescinda Bright has been behind bars since February. Police say she shot 16-year-old Jeffrey Bright and 22-year-old Jasmine Kennedy. They were found dead inside their home on Maplewood Avenue. Court documents show one of Bright's children asked her not to shoot them. 
Bright is due in court next Wednesday. And when she went to court that following Wednesday, she ultimately decided, because of the fact that they were now going to charge her, not only with a hate crime of murdering her two children who were part of the trans and non-binary community, but then also because of the fact that she had pleaded not guilty, this was going to lead in a death penalty charge. Christina, faced with that fact, decided to plead guilty in the shooting deaths of Jasmine and JJ. Christina Bright showed no emotion as prosecutors described graphic details of the crime she was accused of. Now, Bright admitted to killing her two children at their Ambridge home back in February. Now, police say Christina Bright used a 12-gauge shotgun to kill 16-year-old Jeffrey J.J. Bright and 22-year-old Jasmine Kennedy. Prosecutors say she rehearsed the shootings. She also took time to reload her shotgun to make sure Jasmine was dead. She agreed to a plea deal after a mental health evaluation found her competent to stand trial. Now, JJ was a transgender male and Jasmine identified as non-binary, according to friends. The DA says they could not determine whether her children's gender identity was a motivating factor in the shootings. She said that day in her statement to the police that she thought that uh, the younger child, JJ, was going to be taken away from her and that the result would end up being that she would have the older child also taken away from her. Now, the DA said they could find no evidence that Bright was going to lose her children. Now, in exchange for the plea deal, prosecutors agreed not to seek the death penalty against Bright. She uh, did, she was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole. Reporting live in Beaver, Paul Van Osdall, Pittsburgh's Action News 4. As you hear, as of December 28, 2021, Christinda Ann Bright is detained for the rest of her natural life in the Pittsburgh County, excuse me, federal prison. Oh, my audience, as we prepare to conclude this case, it was one again that definitely grappled at my heartstrings. These incredible siblings who were in the middle of living their best lives, who was looking forward to going back to school the next day and presenting his Martin Luther King Jr. project or returning back to part-time work at the FedEx shipping agency. Their lives were cut short when their mother decided to commit the hateful homicides on that Monday, February 22nd of 2021 at 1.30 p.m. And then so heinously, stepped outside and disregarded their lives, leaving them inside to bleed to death and ultimately finding her own life lost because she simply snapped. We remember you to my incredible siblings, Jasmine and JJ. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever and always, Jasmine Kennedy, Born 1999 and resting on since February 22nd of 2021. And Jeffrey James Bride, JJ, born 2005 and resting on since February 22nd of 2021. Thank you, my audience, so much for tuning in to season four, episode seven of A Hateful Homicide, The Mommy Dearest Murders. My name is Mallory Jenna Robinson, your host. Please check out our website, ahatefulhomicide.net. You can follow us on Instagram at ahatefulhomicide. You can follow me at MalloryJenna90. Please continue to support and raise awareness. And I look forward to connecting with you all next Saturday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Please enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.